0: That's a hockey. you know, it's only, it's only game. Young men expressing themselves for joy. Sick. So, why do you have to be mad? These guys, are jerks. It's only game. It's a cheap dirty joke. It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? Hello and welcome to the first ever Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League Staff Attack Podcast. Or KukupfulSap. No, that's not going to work. I'm Mark Callanan, and I'm your host for this brand new show where the best fantasy hockey league in the world is broken down and analysed to the minutest of details. This is a show by the patrons for the patrons. In this show I'll be looking to take a deep dive into various aspects of the league whilst interviewing some of the key players from around the divisions. In doing so I hope to learn more about their strategy and any tips that they might have on how to succeed fantasy hockey. I'm also happy to take your feedback on board and want you to help me to mould the show into what you, the listeners, want to hear. A huge thank you goes to Brian and Elan for inviting me to host this show. Some of you may have been aware of the stat attack updates after each game week last season, which then became a PDF for the first part of this season, and this show looks to take that to the next level, making it more interactive and more digestible. So let me introduce the podcast content, where the show has come from, what it'll include and where it might go in the future. On today's show, I'll be giving a quick overview of the Kukupful League and how it operates. After that, I'll have Tom Crowhurst, our very first special guest on the show, to talk about his experience in the Kukupful and fantasy hockey in general. I'll then be going around the league in five minutes, looking at some of the teams that are making waves this season, the top performers, the best matchups, the trades, the big spenders in free agency, and so on. After that, each week we'll take an alternative approach to one aspect of fantasy hockey and dig into some of the stats that may or may not surprise you. This is a stats podcast after all. To finish off the show then, we'll take a look at the top 5 performing teams in the Kukupful judged by total points. We'll also have a look at last week's Dream Team, where I'll identify the highest performing players in each position over the past 7 days. And then I'll finish off by calling out the highest performing players who are owned in half or fewer than half of the Kukupful divisions. So let's start by introducing the league itself. Chances are if you're listening to this you're probably already in the league, so maybe a lot of this will be familiar to you already, but it's probably no harm in just introducing it and explaining how it works. The Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League, or KCUPFUL, is in its fifth season now. It runs across five tiers, each tier having a different Eric Carlson-related theme. Tier 1 has one division, tier 2 has two, tier 3 has three, tier 4 has four, and tier 5... This season, for the first time, has 8 divisions, making a total of 18 divisions across all 5 tiers. With 14 teams in each division, that makes it a 252 team league. Promotion and relegation occurs between the tiers, with tier 1 being the highest level and tier 5 being the lowest. The league operates on a 20-week regular season ending at the end of uh, February, start of March, and at the end of each regular season the top 6 teams go into a playoff with positions 1 and 2 seeded and straight through to the semi-finals. The same then occurs for positions 7 to 12 who go into a consolation playoff. The teams ranked 13th and 14th get the summer off to take a long hard look at themselves. It is a points league, with 10 categories in which you can accrue points. For skaters, there are six categories. Goals, assists, shots on goal, shorthanded points, shot blocks, and hits. And then for goaltenders, you have wins, saves, goals against in uh, negative points, and then shutouts. Rosters comprise of the following position, two centers, two left wings, two right wings, four defensemen, two utility skaters, two goaltenders, four bench, and up to four IR plus spaces. Free agency is managed by a combination of continuous waivers and free agent acquisition budget, commonly referred to as FAB. FAB is a $100 budget allocated to each manager in the league to be used during the season to bid against other managers on free agents. The bids are blind, so managers are unable to see what their competitors are offering, or indeed if any competitors are interested at all. It's possible to bid zero and in that case, or in any case where the two teams are tied for the same amount on the same player, waiver priority comes into play and waivers are initially set at the beginning of the season in the inverse order to the draft. So, for example, the first draft pick will have the last waiver priority at the beginning of the season. Trading is available and encouraged right up until the trade deadline on the 5th of February and new for the 2019-2020 season is the trade auction whereby an accepted trade can be cancelled within 24 hours should a third party offer a more enticing offer for the same player or the same players in the initial trade. Trade insurance also applies should a player become injured between a trade being accepted and being processed. The drafts took place on the final weekend before the regular season with T1 Sweden taking part in an auction draft and all other divisions competing in a regular snake draft. In future shows, later in the season, I will look to analyse the drafts to determine who the strongest drafters were and what their strategies looked like. This is also something I'll be asking of our guests across the season. So speaking of guests, yesterday I spoke to Tom Crowhurst. Tom is the manager of Epic Neal Time in Binghamton, which is a division in Tier 3. For those of you who read the stat attack updates last season, and indeed so far this season, Tom's team will be a, a team that are familiar to you. They're generally up near the top of the standings. And this year, he's taken it to the next level. He's currently, after week 5, 98 points clear of the second place team in terms of total points. I chatted to Tom about his interest in fantasy hockey, his interest in hockey in general, and a couple of tips that he gives for newbies to the league. Okay, today's guest is Tom Crowhurst. Tom is the manager of the Epic Nealtime team in the Binghamton division in Tier 3 of Kukupful. Tom, thank you very much for being the first guest on the Kukupful Stat Attack podcast.
1: Uh, thanks for having me mark it's a pleasure to be here
0: and um, can you just give us a bit of information about yourself general kind of bio stuff where you're from do you have an nhl team that you support favorite player stuff like that
1: yeah for sure so uh from belleville ontario uh so just about two hours east uh, of toronto uh, i've kind of lived here pretty much my whole entire life Uh big supporter of the pittsburgh penguins i know there's quite a few of us in the cuckoo so that's great Um, favorite players that I kind of followed I'm a I'm a goalie myself so I follow my boy Matt Murray Uh, I was huge Marc-Andre Fleury fan as well following the Penguins Uh, I also help out the uh, Belleville Senators organization so I feel like I gotta give them a shout out and uh, pseudo support the Ottawa Senators privately and secretively as well so uh, a little bit about me
0: so you're two hours east of Toronto, is that more or less between Toronto and Ottawa?
1: Yeah, so I would be kind of right there in the middle, uh, Kingston, Ontario would be kind of more so in the middle, but just uh, about 45 minutes outside of that, yeah.
0: Okay, so rather than choosing the Leafs or the Sens, you went for Pittsburgh?
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh born in 91, so that was kind of the prime time of Lemieux, so uh, I oh, kind of got sucked into the Penguins.
0: Cool, I'm actually a Penguins fan myself as well. Um I guess I got into hockey in the late 90s. Um, I visited Calgary and Edmonton um, when I was a, a, a teenager, um, so I was quite easily influenced, and uh, I fell in love with hockey in the late 90s. Fell out of love maybe a little bit in the mid, mid-noughties, and then got back into it just around the time that Sid was drafted. So I've been a Pens fan ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. It's also, a
1: great, team, great team to follow at that time.
0: Yeah, and they've uh, they've been very rewarding. Um, are you more of a hockey fan or more of a fantasy hockey fan?
1: Uh, probably more of a hockey fan. Kind of played hockey for the most of my life. Uh, watch a lot of hockey as well. Uh, and fantasy hockey kind of just, you know...
0: Yeah, it comes along well, with
1: it. Go goes along with it, but kind of just makes it that much more enjoyable. Uh, watching a hockey game when you got a couple of guys on your lineup kind of just makes it a little bit more exciting or a little bit... Um, more risk reward so uh, i'd say the both of them kind of go hand in hand with each other but probably more so of a hockey fan than a fantasy hockey fan
0: yeah so it gives you a a broader interest it gives you an interest in in more games than just your own team i guess
1: yeah exactly and i can kind of follow guys that i wouldn't regularly follow and uh maybe cheer for a couple guys on the leafs where i wouldn't (laughs) regularly do that yeah
0: um i find that it's really good for expanding my knowledge and, and just getting to know players who i probably ordinarily wouldn't know
1: yeah, exactly. I think that's that's right there with it.
0: Um, can you tell me a bit about your fantasy hockey pedigree? Maybe how long you've been playing, um, how many leagues you're playing in at the moment, that kind of thing?
1: Uh, so I've been playing fantasy hockey since probably university. I grew up in a really, really small town outside of Belleville, so I didn't really have internet before that. So I uh, come the first year, second year of university, so probably about 10 years ago is when I got introduced to it and kind of stuck with it ever since. Uh, at that time, for about three to four years, I was only about in about one or two leagues, just with a bunch of friends, uh, and that kind of snowballed into, uh, I'd say, the obsession uh, that <laughs> I'm in now. So I'd say right now I'm in about three or four leagues that I'm heavy in, and that's uh, kind of like a little bit more waiver wire pickups and all that kind of stuff, but I have about 10 others that are more of like the pick em and stick em type leagues, where it's like set your lineups for the week.
0: Right, wow, 10 other leagues on top of the three leagues, three or yeah. four leagues. There's right. about two
1: or two or three that take up most of the time, but the other ones, the other ones are pretty easy.
0: Are they all one-year leagues, or do you have a couple of keepers or dynasties or anything like that? I,
1: I have two two keepers that I'm in. Uh, I've been in a dynasty before, but that kind of uh, I find that uh, they either stick or they fold after a couple of years, just for membership and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but two two major keepers that I'm in. I have my own that uh, that's kind of the most that I'm the commissioner for, and that takes up most of my time. Uh, I think we're in our fourth year now, uh, and that's a, a pretty intensive league where we get about 100 WhatsApp messages a day from, from the boys. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's the one that I might get a divorce uh, over.
0: <laughs> Which type of leagues do you prefer? Are you more of a keeper league guy or a one-year league guy, or do you have a preference?
1: Uh, definitely keeper league. Uh, I find keeper leagues, you get a little bit more transition just with like trades and things like that, where the the one-year leagues, there's not many trading Uh, that happens and uh, i think i play fantasy hockey to do the trades and kind of act as an nhl gm pseudo nhl gm Uh, so when it's kind of those one-year leagues you don't really get to do much of that transition and moving guys around it's kind of just the draft you're doing i find usually and just the waiver wire stuff
0: okay great i'm not exactly sure about the regulations in canada but do you guys have daily fantasy there
1: uh, we do. I haven't really gotten into it uh, too, too much. Uh, I put enough money on the line for my fantasy hockey that I don't really get too much into the daily fantasy uh, as much as probably some others do.
0: Yeah, I've given it a try in the past. And I just find that on any given day, fantasy hockey and hockey in general is just so random that it's really hard to predict in such a small sample size. And that it drives me crazy um, A whole across a whole season. Everything is good. But in one day... Uh, I don't like parting with my money for, you know, some guy, Nemestikov to score a hat-trick or something like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I find that uh, the fantasy, like a fan, year-long fantasy, would be more of like an activity or more of a game, pseudo-esport, uh, yeah. while the daily fantasy is more, for me, more gambling than anything else. The, the odds are the same as if I go to a slot machine. Exactly. Uh, obviously, I can do a little bit more research than that, but at the same time, it's pretty pretty
0: up in the air yeah i suppose at this point i'll explain why i got you on as the first guest on this podcast um across last season and starting again this season you have been one of the highest performing teams in terms of total points so the way i measure because there are 252 teams in the couple and they're split across 18 divisions i want to get an idea of who are the better managers you know in the lower tiers um there are new guys who've come in i only joined the league myself uh, last year So I kind of want to get a feel for how I'm performing against the teams in the top tiers. That's why I I started doing this. I started uh, putting all the divisions together and and comparing, you know, who's drafted the best, who's performing the best and making it a level playing field. So your name and your team name, which stayed consistent from last season to this season, which was a help for me as well to identify (laughs) you. Epic Neil time. Can you just give me an explanation? I I have a fair idea of why you went with Epic Neil time, but maybe you can just uh, talk about where you got the name from.
1: Yeah I think it's pretty self-explanatory when I was getting into fantasy hockey at the time uh, probably around you know 2009 to 2011 uh, James Neal was still on the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, or was just becoming on the Pittsburgh Penguins I think it was 2010. So around that time I kind of drafted him he paid off for me in I think was my second year ever playing, and I ended up winning that league. So I kind of stuck with that name ever since. And uh, being a big, uh, real deal Neil fan, uh, I've kind of stayed with it ever, ever since. But lo- in a lot of leagues, uh, I find whenever I need consistency, uh, like Cupful, uh, I'll use, I'll use that name, even though he's not on my team or on any of my team at the time.
0: You could have done with him at the start of this season. Well, actually, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've done pretty well without him, I'd say.
1: Yeah, he, I, I always want to, but that's always the, the. The brain thinking over the hearts. My heart wants them, but then the brain never takes them. Um, well, this year, the brain probably could have taken him, but I don't think anyone would have guessed he would have done as well as he's doing right now.
0: No, he started uh, like a train on fire. So at the moment, you in the 252 teams in the Kakupful, after four weeks, your record is a perfect 4-0-0, and you're over 100 points ahead of the team in second place in the entire cupful, so we're talking, you know, the 18 divisions here, you've had pretty much an incredible start to the season. I don't know if you even realize how good a start you've had uh, relative to everybody else.
1: Uh, I've gotten pretty, pretty lucky. The team, the team, I like a couple of guys are, are on fire right now. You got Miller, you had Pedersen, who had that huge week last week. Uh, this week, I'm not doing too bad. I think I projected for about 260 points. So I think I'm up there as well this, hopefully up there as well this week. But anything can turn. Mark, I'm uh, I'm going to be the first to say that this could turn really, really quick, and you know these guys could go down. There's been a lot of injuries in the last two weeks, so I'm just thankful that none of my guys have been kind of hit other than Ranton. Uh,
0: yeah, so you lost you lost Rantanen, um two two and a half weeks ago now, so he's on your IOR. You also have Michael Furland and Jake Debrusk on your IOR. Um, you don't seem to be making too many moves, if I may say so. You, you don't really seem to be a kind of a streaming kind of guy, or is that maybe just because you've had such a good start you haven't needed to stream?
1: Truly, a uh, couple of things I haven't really needed to, and then the guys that I thought would kind of be my streamers, the Justin Schultz-type guys, um, haven't really... They've been performing, so they haven't really been having to have to be slotted out. Uh, and also, like my other team isn't doing so well in one of my other leagues, so I've kind of put more time into that one than this one, because this one's been pretty easy for the most part for you know making the decisions so um i think you'll see my stream start to go up here pretty soon
0: okay um i've noticed as well uh, there is a bit of a parallel was last year your first year in the cook altogether
1: yeah we uh we we share the same draft year into the cook-up there mark
0: yeah, and we've we the same traje- trajectory as well. So we've both gone from tier five up to tier three this season. I think I've noticed a little bit of a of a difference in the strength of the opposition. Um, I've started reasonably well, not as well as you, but I think I have noticed that the uh, the standard has gotten higher. Have you noticed the same thing, it, even with your great start in mind?
1: Yeah, I I find that the guys that I. Th- thought that would maybe wouldn't be streamed are getting streamed or like uh, uh simple things like Nemesnikov I didn't think Nemesnikov was going to go until tomorrow uh I put in a low bid for him last night he went so I think just little things like that uh, I'm finding trickier to kind of get around and you know the guys know what they're doing now so not that they didn't last year um, but I think just the competition's getting just that much that much better which is great
0: how did you finish up last season
1: uh I my like last two years i would consider myself and this is hard for me to say i'm the washington capitals uh, <laughs> of uh, fantasy hockey i've been bounced in the semifinals in every one of my leagues last year uh so the same thing happened last year in my Cupful. uh i i think i went in with the highest record uh or was up there one or two uh got bounced in the semifinals from a really really hot team that was just flying at the time i think i still beat everyone else and uh, just ended up in second that week and was bounced from you know the final regulation uh, championship match. yeah that
0: that's one of the things about fantasy hockey that you just can't really get over you put so much time and effort in for the regular season you know you crush it for 20 weeks and then the playoff comes and you you lose one matchup and you're gone exactly it it's cruel
1: <laughs> it's a cruel mistress that's but we uh we play for it so uh yep. this year i put a little bit more time into looking ahead to the playoffs and seeing You know when my big guns are playing uh, when it comes to be those playoff matchups
0: okay um so that kind of leads me into my next question um now i don't want you to give too much away because i I acknowledge and appreciate that maybe some of the people who you're playing against might be listening to this um so bear that in mind when you answer the next question but can you give me an insight into your fantasy strategy um specifically around the couple if you can um but your fantasy strategy in general um maybe an insight into your approach are you a heavy streamer i know we kind of talked about that already how much prep do you put into the draft do you have a draft strategy what sort of a player might appeal to you do you use VORP uh, value over replacement um, sorry there's a lot of questions in that but just maybe a general o- oversight into your fantasy strategy
1: no for sure I'm a, I'm a pretty open book so i'm happy to give away I wouldn't call them secrets because I don't think they're really big secrets, but uh, I'm a pretty big guy into looking for guaranteed points. I think especially in the cuckoo, anytime you have any peripherals being involved, uh, I'm looking for guys that will guarantee me probably about two points every single night that they step on the ice. So guys that get lots of shots, uh, the blocks, the hits on a regular night, but then also have that scoring upside. So uh, a guy, you know, that comes to mind as soon as I say that would be like a Drew Doughty, an Edler, uh, those types of players that I know that I'm going to get points regardless it's not a hit or miss sort of thing um, then I know that I have a good basis of getting points every night then I can start streaming in those hit or miss guys um, have kind of been my go-to especially in the kick full um, outside of that you know I think it's been mentioned many times by you know Elon, Brian etc as uh, the value of defensemen um so one of my biggest thing going into the draft this year was try to get as many of those stud defensemen uh, as possible at the right time uh that gets into the value over replacement uh i don't purchase any value over replacement tools i know that there's some great ones out there i think dom's projections uh, are a great tool that a lot of people use yeah Uh, but i i i truly i just all i do is I take last year's and two years previously before that of all the peripherals of sort of average stats that all the players get, I make my projections on a Google sheet uh, spreadsheet uh, and then kind of do that because everything's ba- balanced with the points. It's pretty easy to come up with those, you know, equations to kind of make a, a rough projection of what the guys are going to be looking like for, for this year and kind of going off of that, making kind of a, a ceiling floor uh, kind of look and then go from there. So, when it comes to the draft, it's pretty, I wouldn't say pretty easy for me. There's still a lot of, like, things that I have to, you know, take into consideration. But I'm looking for, you know, high-scoring defensemen that get those those ground levels with the peripherals. And then after that, um, looking at the forwards that kind of add that value in the mid-rounds. Uh, there's a, I found a, this year a lot of great 60 to 80-point guys that fell between rounds 8 to 12. Um that if you waited long enough, you could get. so.
0: Yeah, I com- completely appreciate that. I, th- I think I have a very similar strategy to you in that sense. Um, I'm just looking through your team here, so I'm going to guess, I, I don't have the draft results in front of me, but I have uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was probably second round pick. Uh, no,
1: so I can I can pull up the draft for you. Um, so my drafts. Uh, I don't think I drafted Marc-Andre Fleury until... Uh, the fourth round, I think. Okay. I uh, know the cool. fifth round. So, uh, so I got him pretty late. Uh, goalie seemed to slide a little bit, and I had really no interest, actually, in even drafting a goalie. Uh, what was your draft position? Uh, I think I was fifth.
0: Okay. Did you go Burns first? Or? I
1: went Burns first. I went oh. Burns first. So I went with him. Uh, just once again, ground level peripherals throws a yep. lot of shots on net uh with a huge upside you know San Jose even doing as bad as they are right now he's still getting me points so uh, I could just imagine if they start clicking a little bit more
0: yeah and you got Ranton in there as well he was obviously quite an early pick and yeah. um, there was a bit of uncertainty around him at the time of the draft but yeah
1: I think I went Burns and Carlson uh and then Pedersen fell to me uh in the fourth round so uh, I took that high upside
0: good stuff yeah you're you're uh, what you're saying about having a strong defensive core you have carlton dowdy edler and burns and justin schultz so five pretty elite fantasy defenders there
1: yeah yeah so it's been kind of nice um uh, i'll probably look to move maybe one of them to kind of get a stud up on the forwards um but trading's not as easy as it would be in a, a keeper league so
0: so you said you don't use uh, value over replacement spreadsheets. Um, you are aware of them, but you kind of just do your own thing before. the Yeah,
1: yeah and I kind of look at, like, I'll look at and I'll sort by, like, the positions and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't put a number to it. Uh, I kind of just have sort of that gut feeling. Uh, I do about five hours for a couple, probably about five hours of prep work of making my sheet. Uh, and that doesn't include, like, obviously listening to the podcast, yeah. watching the games and all that kind of stuff
0: good stuff um yeah that's most of the questions that i had on your your uh, fantasy strategy um next question i had was just maybe your all-time favorite fantasy hockey player doesn't necessarily have to be the guy who got you the most points but somebody who's maybe a bit of a cult hero um you mentioned james neal you named your team after him i don't know maybe it's him or maybe you have somebody else
1: uh it, real deal me go way back uh, that first win felt real good with him um but Barkov Barkovs one of the guys that I like uh, I know he he gets sort of overvalued quite a bit here and there and some people like him some people don't in leagues where face-offs are a big thing I take him almost every year I try to at least uh, so Barkov's kind of the guy that I like and he's got a lot of sweet names that come with it so I think he'd be kind of one of the my cult guys that I would I would go with
0: good stuff I actually um, I suppose one of my favorite cult hero fantasy players would be uh, another center from the same team uh vinnie trocek um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he's always a great guy particularly in cats leagues for hits and blocks
1: yeah if shorthanded points are in there you're uh, you're flying
0: yeah. yeah have you any advice that you would give to a new competitor to fantasy hockey or to the full itself uh
1: there's there's a definitely a bunch like i think you got to make a friend that's not in your league to kind of bounce ideas off of especially if you're if you are doing a trading and you're looking to do a lot of trades or pickups um just like the streaming to have a friend that's not in your league because you can't trust anyone in your league when it comes to advice <laughs> um it just to bounce ideas off of you know what do you think about this guy i'm doing this trade um it's great that we have the keeping carlson facebook page but it's also nice just to have one guy that you might trust or um just to kind of you know have that sound advice that isn't impartial and is a little bit unbiased i think it's kind of the first ones Uh, obviously putting your emotions aside, not just picking the guys you love or your favorite team. Uh, I don't think other than, do I have any penguins on my team right now? Other than Schultzy, I don't think I have anyone. So, uh, kind of staying away from those, you know, heart and emotion decisions. Uh, that's kind of wrecked me many, many years. Um, so I try to stay away from that and then. Other than that, don't be scared to use Yahoo's projections. I know it's uh, you're not you're not going to win too many too many leagues, especially if you're playing competition like the full. Uh But if you're just getting started, like using the you know the daily projections or using the weekly projections, they're not a bad way to start.
0: Yeah, they're they're a good uh, starting point. Exactly, it's good stuff. I see. Uh, obviously, you have Marc Andre Fleury, so you might not have too many Penguins, but there's a bit of sentiment there anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I. That one was supposed to be a little bit hidden, but uh, yeah, I had I had to take my boy Flower. Uh, he he fell a little bit later, so I had to go with it.
0: Um, you only have one goaltender in the Cupful. Is that a deliberate strategy, or is that just where you are at the moment, or what? What's yeah. the thinking there?
1: Even being a goalie, I still hate them. Uh, <laughs> they're they're just so un- unpredictable. And I think going back to that guaranteed points, there's n- no such thing as guaranteed points with goalies, especially in the Cupful. That. Uh, because there's no minimum requirement. Um, I think we've heard it over and over again that um, a lot of people are running no goalies, and there's just bigger points from the points guys, and um, I thought I'd give her a go. And I've been streaming a couple of goalies here and there. I think I had Howard on my team for a little bit um, just to get a bunch of saves, but uh, definitely running, wasn't ready to jump on to the guys like the Vasilevskys or uh, babrovskis who have kind of shown how random goalies can be
0: exactly this season has been just as crazy as every other season in terms of goaltending exactly and um, my final question for you tom is just if you have any under the radar players for fantasy this season maybe somebody who you think hasn't got the attention or the credit that they deserve and maybe somebody who you think could pick it up for the remainder of the season
1: yeah i i have a, a bunch i think first one i'll go to a goaltender thomas Grace. i don't know if you've watched any games with him He has been lights out. It's too bad he is in a split position because that guy is unreal. Um, Just making huge saves, putting up big numbers, uh, just sucks that he's a 1A, 1B option. Um, Mm. Outside of that, you know, Evander Kane has put it up a pretty silent year for, once again, another pretty disappointing year for San Jose and a pretty disappointing start. Um, You're Dougie Hamilton uh, going to defense. Uh, Michael Kempney has been on it hair uh since he's been back so uh, i think he's been almost on a point per game uh, average Uh, other than that the guy that i really really like and i don't think is going to slow down i have two of them uh jt miller and anthony mantha um those guys are putting up shots they're they're doing everything across the board and just in good positions with great centermen that i think that are going to continue uh getting points especially in the kickoff full uh and i don't think they're i think they'll slow down a little bit uh but not too too much i i'll i'll make a little bit of a hot take i think both of them will finish top at least 60.
0: good stuff okay tom thanks very much for coming on as the first ever guest on the keeping carlson ultimate patron fantasy league stat attack podcast thanks for having me mark it's been a pleasure so thanks again to Tom Crowhurst of Epic Neil Time from Binghampton for being the first guest on the Keeping Carlson Stat Attack podcast. Uh, it was really good to get to chat to Tom, to get to learn some of his tips and tricks. And I hope that somebody out there will pick up something from his interview and, and run with it. And uh, if you get the results that Tom's getting, it won't be a bad day for you. The next order of business is to take a look around the league. Uh, As it stands, after week 5, there are 11 remaining unbeaten teams who are at a perfect 5-0-0. I'm going to list those off now. Um, It's a tremendous achievement at this stage to still be unbeaten. Um, The first two teams are both from the Binghamton division. You just heard from Tom there. His epic kneel time are one of the unbeaten teams, as are all or nothing. Uh, That's or as in Bobby or. Uh, In Froelunda, there are also two unbeaten teams, T-Pleasures Team and True Professional. In Sodertalja, one of the many Dude Wears Macar teams. <laughs> uh, in Anton, my favorite team name, uh, Microsoft Excel, complete with all the uh, Excel branding as their logo. In William, there are two unbeaten teams uh, Top Ched Bardowski and the Tsundar Sharks. Hope I've done them justice with their pronunciation. In Jakob F, we have Walk with Elias. Uh, In Melker we have Aussie Magic and then finally in uh, Linus we have the Orca Boys. So all of those teams are battling to maintain their unbeaten record and we'll keep a track of that as the weeks go on. Okay at the opposite end of the scale then there are 13 teams who have yet to record a matchup victory this season. I'm not going to go through the 13 teams uh, name and shame them. But I will say that when it gets down to a smaller number maybe one or two teams I might have to call those out. The best matchup this week uh, took place in Tier 1 Sweden, uh, where Severe claimed victory over the Dreadful Sucks by a margin of just 0.1 points. Um, this result pushes Severe to a winning record of 3 2 0, 6th place overall in Tier 1. And the Dreadful Sucks then dropped to 1 4 0 and 13th position. Um, elsewhere in Sweden, Dusty's Dusters are in top spot on points differential ahead of Vitamin C. Week 5 was a busy week for free agent acquisition and quite a heavy uh, week in some people's pockets for free agent acquisition budget or fab. In Binghampton Tier 3, Robbie Fabry went for $6. Uh, in Boras, he went for 7 in Matthias, he went for eight, and in Lungby, he went for nine. So, fairly consistent values there for Robbie Fabry today. And Nemesnikov went for eight dollars in Frolunda, tier three. Philip Ronick went for nine dollars to Dylan Farken in Frolunda. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois sparked a bit of a bidding war in Sotertalje, he went for $27 to Will You Bury Me, beating out bids of $21, $17, $16, $15, $10 and 4 so he was quite a popular target. Um, naturally enough, it wouldn't be too often he is dropped. On the very same day, in the same division in fact, uh, P.K. Subban went for $52 to Chris Jeraho, beating out bids of $31, $12, $10, $8 and one very ambitious bid of $3 for P.K. Subban. At the beginning of this week, Jacob Chikran has been a popular ad, going for $6 in uh, Simon, Tier 5. Ryan Strom, at the beginning of last week, went for $11 to Joey Jojo Jr. in William, Tier 5, and he repaid his owner massively with a 5-point week, which gave his side an 8-point victory in their matchup last week. In other divisions, then Jacob F, Martin Jones was a $12 pickup for A Travesty. Ricardo Kell was dropped in Melker Tier 5. He was eventually picked up for $26 by the illegal Beagles. And the biggest acquisition of the week was in Linus Tier 5, where the injured John Klingberg was dropped and was acquired by Crosby, Stalls, and Nash for $60, so a huge chunk of their season's budget. The next biggest bid was just $23, so overpayment or not, you decide. And that leads me on to the top 5 cuckupful teams in the season standings so far based on points. So at number 5 in Frolunda it's Brian Rust Never Sleeps at a record of 3-2-0 with 1,436 points. In position 4 it's PTSD in Yogurt with the same record of 3-2-0 and just 1.2 points extra so 1,437.7 points. In Simon, Horvat-Here's-A-Who are 4-1-0 with 1,445.35 points, and in second place in Ludwig is Puck Business at the same record of 4-1-0 and just 0.1 of a point ahead of Horvat-Here's-A-Who. And it's no surprise at the top of the standings, once again, with a massive lead of 98.2 points, it's epic kneel time in Binghamton with a perfect 5-0-0 record. So congrats to Tom, our first ever guest, and he's doing the business in Binghampton. The penultimate section of the show this week is the team of the week or the dream team, where based on the kakupful stats, I run through each position and who the best skater was or the best goaltender in the previous 7 days. I'll start with the goaltender and it's Anders Nielsen of Ottawa Senators, uh, with 3 wins, only 5 goals against in those 3 wins and 96 saves, accumulating 29.6 fantasy points for him. Uh, the two defensemen that I've gone with this week are Kale McCarr, first of all, with three goals, three assists, 13 shots, one hit, and one block for 29.75 points. A huge week for him. The second defenseman, then, uh, a more established name, Shea Weber, with three goals, one assist, 14 shots, three hits, and nine blocks. So getting it done in all the categories there, 28.75 fantasy points. Uh, at left wing, it's New York's Artemi Panarin with three goals, four assists, 12 shots. 2 hits, 32 fantasy points for him. At right wing, uh, familiar name, Patrick Kane, 4 goals, 4 assists, 14 shots, 4 hits and 1 block. Huge week for Kane, 38.5 fantasy points. And the final and skater of the week, Austin Matthews, with 2 goals, 7 assists, 19 shots, 3 hits, 5 blocks for 42.75 fantasy points. And before I end the show for this week, I'm just going to run through one player in each position who is owned in 50% or fewer of the Kakupful divisions. Starting with goaltender, I mentioned him in the last section as well. It's Anders Nielsen. He's owned in 7% of Yahoo! Leagues and 22% of Kakupful Leagues. So he has four wins, 266 saves and 7.64 fantasy points per game. And he's well worth a pickup. I think he's stolen that job from Craig Anderson and he's getting a hell of a lot of work as Ottawa always do. But he's coming up trumps, so I think he's worth owning in most divisions. Uh, in terms of defensemen, then, we have Noah Hannafin of Calgary, who's 8% owned in Yahoo. He's owned in 50% of Kakupfel divisions, so he should be available in half of the leagues. He has three goals, four assists, 30 plus shots, blocks, and hits, so he is filling those peripherals massively. He's averaging about 3.34 fantasy points per game, so when his uh, schedule suits, and Calgary's schedule generally does suit, maybe not this week, but uh, he's one to watch out for for the rest of the season. At left wing then, it's Ilya Mikheyev of Toronto Maple Leafs. He's 21% owned in Yahoo, but again 50% of Cupful divisions own him. 4 goals, 7 assists, 42 shots, which is a huge shots tally, 3.74 average fantasy points per game. At right wing, uh, Cali Yarncroc, Nashville Predators, 17% owned in Yahoo. He's owned in just one third of Cucupful divisions, so six out of the 18 divisions have him owned. Five goals, six assists, 36 shots, which is uh, a decent number of shots. 3.79 fantasy points per game. And then the final player... Uh, The centre for this week is not too far from Cali Arncroft, Nick Bonino also in Nashville at the Predators. He's 17% owned also in Yahoo and he's 44% owned in the Cuckupful. In most divisions of the Cuckupful he is the highest scoring centre that is available. So with 8 goals, 5 assists, perhaps unsustainable, I'm sure Brian and Elan will talk about that, but 4.62 fantasy points per game, if you have owned him so far this season, you're not doing too bad. So that's it for this week's show. There will be a bit more content in next week's show. I will look to dig a bit into some of the statistics around the league. But for now, a massive thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the first show. If you do have any feedback, make sure to give me a shout. I'm on the Facebook Kakupful group quite regularly, so if you see me around and you have any suggestions, or if you'd like to come on the show at any stage, I'm happy to to take on guests every week. Um, Let me know, drop me a message, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. That's a hockey, you know, it's only, it's only game.